0: This is Todd Sommerfeld. I'm a sales agronomist for CHS in Kirkston, Minnesota. We are pleased to bring you the update from the Red River Farm Network. CHS Ag Services providing solutions for your success.
1: Good afternoon, farm news on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Don Wick with Whitney Pittman and Sierra Doctor. World Weather Incorporated says outside of a disturbance Thursday into Saturday and next Monday and Tuesday, The Midwest should see a quiet weather pattern over the next two weeks. Light snow is expected to fall from eastern South Dakota to central and eastern Minnesota Wednesday into Thursday. Further south, rains are expected Thursday into Saturday from Missouri to eastern Michigan and Ohio. Rain and snow also expected next Monday and Tuesday with rains south and snow to the north.
2: National Weather Service Bismarck meteorologist Alex Edwards says warm temperatures are
3: expected beginning of this week. We're actually getting a a bit of a reprieve here from the cold temperatures. So warmer temperatures uh, here the next uh, day or two, especially if you're going to like South Dakota, the western portions of the region there. So we're looking at highs today and tomorrow uh, in the 30s to low 40s possibly upper 40s in the western portions of South Dakota, the western and central portions of the region overall. Uh, in the east, it's a little cooler, but still 20s and 30s, so not nearly as bad as it was just a few days ago. But with that also come, we are seeing a little bit of a Pacific moisture push across, so we could see a little bit of uh, freezing rain overnight tonight here, especially across the northern portions of the region.
2: There is a chance of snow in the forecast Thursday and Friday.
3: A couple shots of snow. For South Dakota especially, like eastern South Dakota and into Minnesota, chance for accumulating snow here on uh, Thursday and Friday. Several inches there, especially if you're looking from the Sioux Falls area, southeast South Dakota, northeast towards uh, the Twin Cities or Duluth um, into northern Minnesota there. And then uh, remains quiet again until we do have another developing uh, possible system early next week.
4: Northern and central Brazil saw good weekend rains while the rain in southern Brazil and Argentina was light. World Weather Incorporated says most of Brazil can expect to see a good mix of rain and sunshine over the next two weeks, with nearly widespread rain Sunday through Thursday next week. Beneficial rain did fall on parts of Argentina over the weekend, but World Weather says much of the rain was light. Only one round of organized rain is expected over the next two weeks in Argentina, and that is not expected to be heavy enough to prevent further crop stress.
1: USDA released its cattle and feed report Friday, and according to USDA livestock analyst Shale Shagum, it shows some high demand.
0: We are looking at increasingly tight supplies of cattle outside feedlots and. And uh, I think that's manifesting itself in the fact that we're seeing lower lower placement numbers. We're also seeing fairly strong demand for, for cattle.
1: Shagum says the cattle on feed numbers are down, some from last year at this time.
0: The number of cattle on feed on December 1st was just under 11.7 million head, which is about 2.6% below 2021. During November, just over 1.9 million head of cattle were placed on feed, which was 2.1% below a year ago, and feedlots marketed just under 1.9 million head during November, which was about 1.2% above a year ago.
2: Traders are cautiously watching the grain trade as contracts broke through overhead resistance levels this morning. Van On & Company market analyst Christy Van Onn thinks much of the market action is technical traders.
0: Right now it feels like technicals, uh, it probably is going to be a little bit of a quieter week when you have quiet trade weeks, you know, you can get these big moves like gaps higher, gaps lower, uh, so just be attentive to that, work your orders at the elevator, that's the best thing to do is say, hey, you know, I'd be happy selling at this level because, you know, we had our old school open today, but uh, moving forward, you know, those night trades and holiday weeks can get kind of wonky.
2: Van Onyx expects trade volume to slow towards the end of the week. And the big question
0: is where we come in towards the end of the week, right? You have normal hours all throughout the rest of the week, normal close on Friday. And so last week we saw really starting on Thursday that the markets kind of stepped away. And I wonder if you won't see that again this week.
4: USDA's weekly export inspections report for the week ending December 22nd shows corn inspections of 850,000 metric tons. That's 4% more than the previous week, but 10% less than the same week last year. Soybean inspections of 1.7 million tons are 11% less than the previous week and steady with the same week a year ago. Wheat export inspections at 280,000 metric tons are 8% less than the previous week and 11% less than last year. For the marketing year, corn inspections are 28% behind last year's pace. Soybean inspections are down 7% from a year ago. Wheat inspections are down 2% from last year.
1: South Dakota Wheat Commission Executive Director Reed Christofferson says the drought conditions this fall could limit the winter wheat
0: crop come spring. Well, we had some extreme dryness going in uh, to the fall, especially in South Central South Dakota. And uh, some winter wheat uh, producers had uh, reported that they had uh, lacked emergence on those crops. So uh, time will tell whether that uh, seed is laying there dormant, whether it will vernalize through the winter or whether it might have uh, partially sprouted and then uh, you know died due to drought. So I uh, anticipate that we will see some winter kill from that early dryness uh, as we watch the, uh, the spring green up.
1: Uh winter snow cover
0: is a welcome sight for Christofferson. Otherwise, most of the state right now is covered with a blanket of snow, and uh, which is absolutely the best thing you can have for a winter wheat crop. Uh, hopefully, that'll put some badly needed moisture into the ground if we can hold it in place throughout the winter and don't get a lot of uh, free thaw cycles that just convert it to ice and encase that young wheat into ice instead of snow.
2: U.S. Custom Harvesters Organization Board Advisor Rafe Jolliffe says after last year's dry summer and fall conditions, farmers need to think outside the box to prepare for drought.
1: You've got to think about how does, you know, how do the drought conditions affect your crops? I mean, are you less seeds, less fertilizer, more fertilizer, chemical? You know, I think guys, farmers in general have to think outside the box. You know, maybe you've been a corn farmer forever, but maybe you need to think about what crops might be able to be grown, still generate you some revenue and maybe not have near as much expense involved. You know, the other side of that, again, in eastern Colorado, it seems like we have a lot of farmers that will try to raise corn for corn, and if it does fail, then they'll go ahead and chop it for silage and try to...
4: You're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Tuesday, farm news on the Red River Farm Network. Russian wheat prices declined this past week, hurt by large supplies and weak currency. A Russian agriculture consulting firm reports prices for Russian wheat, with 12.5% protein content, was priced at $307 per ton on Friday. That's for wheat moving out of the Black Sea ports and sold in January. The market is down more than $5 a ton from the previous week.
1: The Farm Bill debate will begin soon after the new Congress organizes in the weeks ahead. Will Stafford is CHS's representative in Washington, D.C., and expects to see a familiar theme during that Farm Bill process.
5: There will always be a tax on crop insurance, and we hear from our farmers all the time that that is the most important issue and program that they need that they need for their bankers back home and they they need to stay successful um, so it's something that we're going to be very active in um, those attacks often come from both the far right uh, and the far left flanks of both the democrat and republican party um, for different reasons uh, but we need to do a good job of engaging our champions the folks that have been there before and have helped fight to protect crop insurance and also educating new members on why it's important so it's always a fight but it's one that i think our industry is up for
1: the Inflation Reduction Act included significant funding for conservation programs
5: that may influence baseline funds. I do think that that is going to make the conservation title uh, more, more of a debate. I think folks are going to be um, hotly uh, discussing how that money should, should be used, which part of the bill it should go into, whether that should stay in conservation or not, are all going to be topics that are discussed.
2: The omnibus spending bill includes funding for agricultural disaster assistance for weather-related damage this past year. Senate Agriculture Committee Ranking Member John Bozeman says this will help farmers and ranchers.
3: We've really
1: done a good job as a Congress supporting our farmers with various disasters. And, and they've been all over the map, you know, from hurricanes to, uh, you know, the, the incident in Iowa. that you know the, I mean, the list just goes on and on and on. Uh, So we've done a good job of doing that, but it's not, it's it's basically uh, Congress, you know, fighting for those dollars and getting them out the door. Sometimes those in need, though, won't receive those dollars for a couple years because of the way the system works.
4: Climate change is a hot topic in policy discussions. American Coalition for Ethanol CEO Brian Jennings says ethanol is very involved in the conversation.
6: Yeah, we don't shy away from the climate conversation because corn ethanol is part of the solution. Um, we're trying to go on offense to make it really clear to policymakers both in Washington and in some of the states and frankly globally. We're trying to make sure that we're at the table and that we're going to have that market access. You know, farmers have a big role in this because about half of ethanol's carbon footprint comes from how that that corn is grown. We're working on driving down carbon intensity, and so we truly are um, going to be poised to become that net zero or even net negative greenhouse gas fuel that can uh, be in high demand in the future, and so we're working hard to promote that.
4: Jennings says ACE is also paying close attention to what will happen with the next Farm Bill.
6: We are keeping our eye on the 2023 Farm Bill. That's uh, it, it obviously doesn't directly impact the production of ethanol, but there are programs in the Farm Bill that have helped boost the use of ethanol. For example, some of these USDA... Grant programs that help retailers install E 85 and, and E 15 infrastructure. There's also this climate smart agriculture money that's been provided through some of these farm bill mechanisms that we're trying to take advantage of and make sure that farmers have access to to, to install those practices on their on their farms, whether it's conservation tillage or more um, efficient use of fertilizer that helps bring down that carbon score of ethanol, that helps us find those new markets in the future. United
1: Soybean Board recently elected Megan Kaiser of Missouri to serve as its new chair. Kaiser says she has priorities going into 2023.
2: We're in the second year of our new strategic plan, so we continue to look at things like health and nutrition. And on the farm, that would mean plant and soil health. And then also, of course, on the demand side, looking at human and animal health and nutrition. We're looking at infrastructure and connectivity. We're always looking at how are we going to most efficiently get our soybean crop to the global marketplace, and then on innovation and technology and making sure that farmers have access to tools that help us make data-driven decisions and be more efficient so we continue our sustainable U.S. soy production.
1: You're listening to the Red River Farm Network.
2: Welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. Russian President Vladimir Putin is banning the sale of Russian oil to countries that impose a price cap. The European Union and United Kingdom stopped importing Russian crude earlier this month, and the group of seven nations have capped Russian oil prices at $60 per barrel. Russia is describing the action taken by the United States and other Western countries as unfriendly. This retaliation is
4: scheduled to start February 1st and continue until at least July 1st. National Pork Board member Dale Stevermeyer, who farms near Easton, Minnesota, says the pork industry has taken big steps to improve their carbon footprint.
0: One of the things all producers want to improve, but you can't improve without measuring things, right? So what do you do? you got to figure out how to measure what we're doing as as producers. When we look at our overall carbon footprint as as pork producers, the bucket of about 60% is feedstuffs, so corn, essentially corn and soybean meal. How I mean, that's got that, that unless that changes, its carbon footprint. We, you know, pork production really can't change much, and then another 18, 20% or so is is in our manure storage and handling. So those are the two things we can really focus in on and, and work on.
4: Stevermer, who utilizes a new sustainability program through the Pork Board, has seen changes on his farm using the Climate Smart Grant.
1: Checking those markets, we're a penny higher for Minneapolis wheat. March at 9.32 and three quarters. The May contract down three quarters of a cent. Chicago wheat for March down three cents. Hard red winter wheat, same contract, four and a quarter higher. March corn, seven and three quarter higher at 6.74. The July contract, seven and a quarter higher. January soybeans five and a half better, fourteen eighty four and a half, March six and a quarter higher. The canola futures, January eight sixty seven fifty, Canadian gain of four hundred twenty. Live cattle futures, steady money for December, February twelve higher. Feeder cattle lower today, January down ninety-seven cents. Lean hogs February strong three dollars fifty five cents to the plus side. And the Dow right now is trading thirty-eight points to the plus side. So we check the farm calendar, the small grain update meetings coming up January 10th in Dilworth, the 11th in Ada and Crookston, January 12th in Lancaster and Roseau, and on the 13th in St. Hilaire. Have a great day. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network.